0: Do you know where you are?
1: Do you know where you are? This is Appetite for Distortion. to the podcast Appetite for Distortion. It is Brando episode 80. Feels like quite a milestone and I think we have a milestone guest. Kind of a surprise before we get to uh, our our guest for this kind of condensed episode and I'll explain all the the fourth wall stuff behind the scenes things that you you need to know or perhaps don't need to know because I tend to overshare. Uh, i got to thank my, my friend Sal, my coworker here at iHeartRadio, Premier Radio Networks, for setting up this interview. Uh, he's also helping me coordinate a, a later episode of the AFD show in studio with the Dead Daisies and Hookers and Blow. Alex Carassi, our buddy Alex Carassi, helped kind of set that up, but uh, Sal uh, here at iHeart has helped me coordinate it, and he set up today's guest. So without further ado, Richie Faulkner, the guitarist for a band you may have heard of, Judas Priest, who are going out, going to embark a on a, on a tour just a few days from now. As we're recording this, uh, this might be one of the biggest tours of all time. Is that really a stretch? Judas Priest and Deep Purple. So, officially, welcome to Appetite for Distortion, Richie.
0: Brando, it's a pleasure, man. I mean, first of all, what a name, Appetite for Distortion. I don't know why there isn't a guitar pedal that, uh, you know, replicates the distortion of slashy guitar sound on that first record. That would be the perfect name for it. So, uh, you need to copyright that, man. That's a, that's a touch of genius right there.
1: Wow. That's actually quite a compliment, and I think I need to get in those uh, copyright papers uh, ASAP, and it's kind of funny you mentioned that for a couple reasons. Um, I know you don't listen, but uh, we've been talking about uh, copyright stuff with the Guns N' Roses fan base, uh, which is interesting because, kind of a contrast, Judas Priest is such a, a fan-friendly band. Not that GNR isn't friendly, but they kind of are a bit standoffish, which is interesting. And uh, I, I like your attitude, though, about uh, naming a pedal, though. Did you hear about... Uh, what uh, steel Panther did recently with the uh, the pussy melter um, pedal, I believe it was called
0: I did indeed yeah i mean it's, it's like it seems to be the usual thing it 's like a storm in a teacup these days, you know I think the the media grabs stuff like that and blows it out of proportion um, it 's a bit of fun, I, I can see both sides, but uh you know steel panthers they're known for that sort of tongue in cheek controversy and obviously some people are going are going to be offended every now and again but i mean you know as far as priests being fan friendly i don't think we've, i don't think guns have either i mean we've we're very much focused on the fact that the fans put us you know where we are today and they've put the band there for the last almost 50 years now so and that's never far from our the the forefront of our thoughts you know so whenever there's fans out there we we, you know we sign autographs we think you know about what the fans want to experience what can we do for the fans how can we make the experience better for them it's a a very conscious thing that you know we know the band's there in 2018 because the fans put us there and uh, we're very grateful for that so how can we not be um, accommodating to you know our lifeblood really so that, that's the way we feel about it.
1: I mean, this is just quite amazing. You're only a few years older than me. I'm going to be 35 in a, in a few weeks. Did you ever expect not just to be in Judas Priest, which by itself is incredible, but to be on tour with Deep Purple, this massive a tour? When you grew up in, in London, did you ever expect anything like this? Are you living your dream?
0: Well, of course. I mean, you always uh, you always. Expect- to, you know, you, you stand in front of the mirror with a tennis racket or you, you know, you learn uh, songs and you always aspire to be as good as your favorite bands. They're the ones that inspire you, they're the ones that you look to for, you know, education. How do I write a song? How do I play that lick? How do I, you know, uh, you know, what do they do? How do they handle themselves? So you always look at these bands, you know, Priest, Maiden, Guns, you know, what do they do? You always aspire to be that good, but you never think you're going to get the cool dude, you know. And, You know that that's fine, and they just inspire you to be as good as you can be. And then sometimes that call comes through, and you you better be ready. You know, and you know sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. And it just they they gave me a call. You've got that cliche moment where you think someone's pulling your leg, uh, but they're not. And you turn up for an audition with Glenn Tipton and Rob Halford, and it becomes very real. You know, but uh, they they were the most down to earth. um, You know, laid back. Um, lovely guys you could ever imagine and I think it just brings it home like uh, again you look to these guys how do they do it how do they conduct themselves how do they behave they're not rock stars they're not doing drugs all the time they're not you know being you know out of hand they're down to earth they're one of us they love making music and they love the fans so uh, again it's just An education in how to do things properly. They are the masters, and uh, they're huge inspirations, maybe more than ever for me, you know, being in the band now, seeing how they do stuff. It's just uh, a a privilege, really, to be learning from the masters like that.
1: And to continually put out good records. Of course, uh, Firepower put out earlier this year, and what I love is when you go to a YouTube or any of these metal sites where they're notorious for just negative comments, not for Judas Priest. Despite the lineup changes, which could be an easy target, everyone loves you guys still. So it must make you feel real good that you're not just playing with your heroes, but you're continuing the legacy.
0: Well, that's, that's, that's nice of you to say, man. I mean, it's, it's always a thrill when, when the music that you create, you know, connects with uh with the fans you know as you said there's a lot of positivity with the record it seems to have connected around the world really it's only been out five months and we've got a lot of a lot of positive feedback you know from around the world from japan from the states from south africa you know all around the globe people seem to be connecting with this record and it's it's a thrill man i mean again all you can do is is do your best give a thousand percent um and then and, and put it out there. And, I mean, you're absolutely right. In 2018, for a band like Priest... Um and there's a few of them you know putting out new music we were just out with Saxon Black Star Riders they, they're putting out new music they're classic bands Purple have got relatively new music new, they're not resting on their laurels they're, they're playing new music creating new stuff and forging forward and uh, you know there, there are kids in the audience there are young kids in the audience and they see these bands for the first time and, uh, and they hear you know one of our new songs in the same way that I heard Breaking the Law for the first time and it, it, hopefully it will inspire them to pick up a guitar or a drum kit or a microphone and, and create their own thing. So it's it's an amazing to be part of a legacy act like Judas Priest, but hopefully we can be part of someone's future and they can fly the flag into 2019 and beyond. So it's an incredible honor, man.
1: I want to get into some fan questions, and I think the first one is a good one because often in the Guns N' Roses world, we compare what, how certain members play versus other members, especially when it was Axel and and Bumble, and, you know, we'll still compare Richard to to Dizzy, things like that. So this comes from Trevor from from Minnesota. What was the most difficult K.K. solo or riff to learn?
0: That's a great question. Thanks, Trevor. I mean, I think one of the greatest solos to play is The Sinner, because I never never map it out, and I I didn't get the impression that KK did either. I I think he's a very sort of off-the-cuff player, and he does stuff that's kind of very sporadic and not rehearsed and kind of went with the the mood of the evening in in the same way that Hendrix did. So I've always looked to that as, you know, I'm going to try and retain that sense of improvisation and spontaneity that Ken had, And, and so I've never rehearsed a solo for the sinner so it's whatever comes out on the night and I think that's the challenge to harness the energy of the room and uh, improvise in the same way that Ken did you know not note specific but you've got to capture the vibe that the fans have grown up with and I've grown up with so that's a challenge but it's dude it's one of the best challenges in the world to have you know playing the sinner solo every night and coming up with something uh, improvisational or sporadic It's it's a great thing dude
1: the next fan question is more of just I guess kind of saying what's up to you uh, and it's a good, Guns N' Roses connection. See? Six Degrees. Kevin Bacon, GNR Bacon. So, a uh, listener from your neck of the woods, Gavin, it is in a uh, Guns N' Roses tribute band, Guns 2 Roses. And when I mentioned that you were coming on, he sent in a video of him playing with you, some members of Uriah Heep, uh, playing some ACDC. Can you tell us about that?
0: Well, I know Gavin. I've known Gavin for years. I mean, um, we're both. Um parts of the, the pieces of furniture down in Camden, London. Um, and I've known him for years and yeah, we, we play, there's a, there's a band in London called Metalworks and it's been going for decades. You know, it's like a, a residency in Camden Town and uh, you know, Gavin's been there, a friend of mine, Davey Rimmer, who now plays in Uriah Heap. Um, we all sort of started down there. We all cut our teeth there and put our 10,000 hours in. Um, so yeah, we play ACDC, we play Priest, we play Guns obviously and um You know, it's a trip, you know, and you get people from all over the world we, we, we did that gig for so long that people would come to London on vacation check us out and then they'd go home for a few years come back to London again on vacation maybe four years later and we're in the same bar playing the same stuff and you know it, it's just a trip we've done it for so long we made so many friends there I think you know 80% of the people that I've kept in contact with and all the, all the contacts that I've made over the years have come from that place it's, it's, a, it's an amazing sort of hub you know you meet some great people, great musicians, and uh, as we know, it's all about the relationships you make to kind of uh, bring the opportunities potentially later on down the road. So, and it's still going. It's in Camden Town. Uh, we've got some great nights with Gavin playing uh, like Paradise City and all those great songs. So, um, yeah, man, I'll, I'll be down there again at some stage. You know, I always pop in if I'm in town and uh, rack out some ac and some. Uh, rock classics.
1: Right on. I think that's so awesome that even though you're you're now famous in a famous band traveling the world, you'll go home, you'll, you'll go in your local pub, you'll play with your friends, and it just sounds like, like Frank, uh, the current drummer of GNR, he comes home and plays in Brooklyn all the time. So it's great that you hold on to your roots.
0: It's part of our blood, isn't it? It's part of our blood. We, we grew up with that music. We grew up with that scene. Um you know and we grew up with our people that's our people and we're, when we're in town we touch base with our people play some good music drink a couple of beers and uh, you know have a good night that's what it's all about man
1: love it next question is from uh, Scott Sweeney from Ireland and often uh, GNR fans discuss the the set set list set list set so how does Judas Priest go about picking what is such a legendary catalog
0: that's a great question just Scott I mean Uh, as you can imagine, there are some staple, uh, priest tracks that you have to play, otherwise there's gonna be riots in the parking lot. You know what I mean? You know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, if you didn't play another thing coming, or a painkiller, Um, you know, there's going to be some issues, (laughs) you know what I mean? Breaking the law, those sort of songs. So you kind of structure it with some some classics, some deep cuts, some new stuff, and then a bit of magic in between, you know. So at the moment we're playing three or four tracks off the Firepower record, and we're rotating that as we go through the tour as well. So um, when we were in the um, northern United States, earlier on in the year we played for example Evil Never Dies now in Europe we've, we've changed that out for Rising from Ruins from the record so as people become more familiar with the new record we'll, we'll put a few more in you know you don't want to alienate people with songs they don't know or too many of them shall we say so uh, so as I said it, it's, a, it's a balance between the old the new the classics And as I said, some deep cuts in there. We we played Saints in Hell on this tour, which the band have never played before. Um, You know, we played songs like Bloodstone, Night Comes Down. You know, and you know we have a warm up room as well. So if anyone's got an idea for a song, we'll kick it around, we'll jam it around, see how it sounds, and uh, see if we can take it up onto the stage. So uh, it's a very sort of free, organic sort of process. We'll get to the gig, we'll have a drink, we'll strap on the guitars, have have a bit of a warm up, and you never know, those songs might you know appear on stage again in the future so it's it's exciting it's like a it's like a proper band you know we, we're playing great so we love the songs as well we're all fans of priest in priest so um we'll see what the future holds
1: right on and the last fan question is kind of along those lines this is from our buddy jan henrik from germany he wants to know of course what's your favorite priest record but what about your favorite guns and roses album
0: oh thanks Jan. um Hands down, I think it's... uh, I mean, obviously, I've I've got a connection to the last two priest records, which, you know, it's going to be different, obviously, having a a creative input into them. You know, it's like a kid, you know what I mean? You you create the kid, you see it grow up, and then you unleash it onto the world, you know, so there's going to be a different connection. But growing up, it was always Defenders of the Faith, you know. It was... um, You know, one of those records that just kind of took me somewhere else. It took me... It was was a sense of escapism with that record. Uh, You know, you've got the Sentinel, Free Will burning, Night Comes Down. It just created these landscapes that... I don't know, I just went somewhere else with it, and I I think that's important. If it's Jimi Hendrix's Electric Daily Land, there are songs on there that take you to a different planet, you know, and I I like that element of music. Um, But conversely, I mean, I think my my favourite Guns... Record is uh, is appetite. I mean, it's. I mean, on the other side of the spectrum, it's very much. uh Rooted on planet Earth, you know it's very raw, it's very real, it's very um, of the time, shall we say? You know what I mean? There's some some messages in there, and it's very sort of stark. It it keeps you rooted on planet Earth and kind of brings some problems to light and stuff like that. So that's definitely my favourite Guns record. But I, I like I like the UG, the Illusions as well. They you know they they get mixed reviews, but I love the Muse Illusion both one and two. So um and the Live record as well was a classic. So so it's not it's not. It's of a long winded answer there, and there's more than two albums, but um, I'd say appetite and uh, defenders of the
1: faith. I know you got to run soon because you got more interviews to do, but while I have you for another minute or so, have you met any of the GNR guys in your passing?
0: Not with guns. I mean, I met Slash, he was out in. Um Australia. He was at the Soundway festivals when uh, when Priest did it last. So we crossed paths and uh, he introduced himself and he said, hey, man, I'm Slash. And it's like, really? <laughs> you know, I had no idea. You know, but again, it's just because uh, just uh, it shows you how down to earth he is. And, um, you know, it doesn't take for granted that, you know, millions of people around the world know who he is. I mean, he's an icon, but a uh, fantastic player. Only met Slash. I don't think I've met any other guys. Um, oh, I think Duff... Played with us out in Paris a few years ago, I met him briefly, but uh, you know, just super, super cool guy, super humble, and uh, just iconic, you know.
1: Well, that's exactly how I would describe you, Richie, in our first conversation. Super cool and super humble. I know you got to go. Can't wait to see the huge tour, Judas Priest and Deep Purple coming to my area, uh, Long Island, at Jones Beach. Going to be the first time for both of those bands. I'm going to go see. Um, where can fans, no matter where they are, get more information? Judas dot com, right? What about you? Do you tweet, Instagram, anything social media? Do you want stalkers? <laughs> I think it's
0: a byproduct of the modern age. You know, you, you get fans and you, and you get uh, obsessive fans. But again, uh, it's people love the music. They love the, they love the interaction. And we live in a world where the connection is, is immediate. You know. So yeah, I mean, Priest have got um, all the socials. We've got uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. And I'm the same. I mean, Rob's got his own one as well. Um, if you get on the Priest one, we're all connected to the Priest one, um, it's, you know, it's Judas Priest on Instagram, um, we're all connected, Scott's got one, and uh, it's just one of those things, that, as I said, the connectivity, the interaction, uh, that, that never used to be there, you know, there was, uh, you know, Kiss used to come through town, you didn't know who they were, or Black Sabbath, the only time you got to see Black Sabbath was on the, on the album cover. That was the only picture you saw of them, and then they, there they are at the gig. I mean, it's totally changed now. Now you can sort of send a message to, you know, slash whether he reads it or not. But you can, you can, you can, you can let uh, these people know, you know, your opinions, what you think, and, uh, and interact. So uh, it's it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, we're all on them. So uh, reach out and uh, send us, uh, send us, you know, check out our pics.
1: This was such a pleasure, Richie. I hope next time we could talk for a little longer and in person. Uh, best of luck on the tour and continue just to kick ass. Randall
0: pleasure, man. Pleasure's all mine.
1: You all were right when I said I was going to have Richie on the show. What a nice guy he was. And... He was. Very cool, very down earth and I appreciated the, the conversation. Hopefully, next time it'll be longer. So, kind of just to let you in, break the fourth wall a little bit, why this was condensed. And if you will remember, I kind of did the same thing with, uh, with Scott Ian from Anthrax when I interviewed him several episodes ago. Uh, well, because this podcast is mine, it's on the iHeartRadio app and, and other platforms. However, I work for iHeartRadio the 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 podcast isn't a iHeartRadio podcast. I just happen to be an employee who created his own thing, if that makes any sense. Uh, so sometimes, I mean, I have to go out and get guests myself because it's it's just me, you know. And I I let you know. Sometimes it's an email, a phone call, whatever. And sometimes you guys bring on guests to me, and that's why I, I love bringing you on as a co-host. If you help me out uh, with a guest, and sometimes because I work in radio, I have access to certain things. So uh, this morning, much like with Scott and Ian, is what's called a radio tour. Uh, whether you're a rock star or an author or an actor, whatever it is, you have something to promote. Uh, I'm sure if you listen to your morning radio show, wherever you are in the world, you might hear someone being interviewed by uh, your morning zoo, whatever. huh? And they only talk for a few minutes or so. But that's one of many interviews they have that morning so part of my job is to um is to assist those people connecting to all these different stations around the country so in a block of two hours you may be talking to 10 15 20 stations so i was just one of the stations this morning and but i got some more time more than most stations because you know I'm cool like that. So I just wanted to break the fourth wall a little bit with you because I'm honest. And also, since I'm honest, uh, I probably should have thought about it before I tweeted and Facebooked it. But uh, And I didn't mention this to Richie for obvious reasons, but uh, I did the interview in my underwear. Not because I'm weird. It's because it's a... Those were morning radio interviews, and I didn't have to go to work yet. I'm like, "Oh my god, I god, to come in for 20 minutes not to meet him, just to talk to him over the phone? So I, I did some of the things I needed to do and was able to do at home, and I just didn't want to get dressed yet. If I told Richie that, it might have been in a different interview. And you know what? If you're judging me, I, I, like I wear GNR shirts, Velvet Revolver shirts sometimes when I do the show. I was in costume. Axel has bicycle shorts. I wear boxers. With Homer Simpson on it. That's a story for another time. Anyway, let's uh, wrap things up uh, with this episode with a little shotgun news, shall we? News. we will keep it brief though, uh, however. Got to thank, uh, well, Alternative Nation for continuing to uh, support and put articles up about the interviews that we do and retweeting. And you finally got to hear Brett Buchanan's voice, the owner and founder of AlternativeNation.net last episode. Uh, so has your opinion of him changed? Is it better? Is it worse? Well,. Hopefully, he gave you a a good, entertaining uh, interview regardless. (laughs) Uh, Also, before that, it was a great interview with uh, Josh Lewis, the original guitarist for Warrants and a roadie for uh, Hollywood Rose, went to high school with Slash. And if you haven't checked out the episode, uh, listen all the way until the end, because uh, Josh gave us a a track, uh, Lay Down Your Guns, for you guys to enjoy the stream or download however you listen to this podcast, same way. What a really good song. It's like very, I don't know, like an old school, I know, um, like Mr. Big or Firehouse, you know, extreme, you know, kind of thing. Uh, our, our buddy, I say our buddy, Big John Studd, who uh, was our co host for Johnny Kelly from uh, Typo Negative, uh, he said it kind of sounds um, like you ain't the first, a little bit from Guns. You know, just got this stripped down 80s rock feel. It's a good tune, so definitely check out that episode as well. And uh, before we get out of here, um, something I want to address, because I really do appreciate the fact that you guys not just enjoy the podcasts and the interviews that I do, uh, but some of the subjects, subject matter we've been talking about lately, especially with the copyright and the leak stuff. So I definitely want to continue to do that in the future, because it seems like these things are an ending, And I'm happy to give a voice to those who have had their YouTube channels shut down or, well, now it looks like a Facebook channel was shut down or page rather. Uh, I do not know if these are due to our friends. Uh, I say that facetiously, quote, friends who did a lot of the YouTube copyright attacking. Uh, I do not know if this is strictly a Facebook thing. I don't know if this is any connection to GNR at all. I definitely want to make it clear. I have never not only not met a member of Team Brazil. I've never spoken to a member of Team Brazil. I've spoken to people who have connection with them. So I don't know them, as the quote goes, from Adam. So I can't assume they do one thing one way or the other. So that's why I'm kind of neutral as far as their... Lack of involvement or lack of response or, or whatever they're they're working hard behind the scenes. I don't know because I don't want to give you a false narrative that I'm being fed from somebody else. So I don't know. I can only tell you what I know. So uh, this page, which I did follow, and I really appreciate their support both on Facebook and thankfully they're still on Twitter. Uh, that is Appetite for uh, Guns and Effing Roses. For on, on on Facebook and the the owner one of the owners of the of the site put this up and let me read it to you. Uh, Gutted the appetite for guns and Eiffel roses has been taken down for no good reason. As an old school GNR fan, I've always felt excluded and unwelcome on unofficial GNR and many fan pages as they were very hostile towards original members and their fans. Well, we've discussed some of those forums and those members. You will not get that at the at the AFD show. Uh, I distinctly remember liking the Appetite page because it, may, it mentioned Izzy and Steven by name. Oh, so this is one of the, I think, the admins, not the owner. Uh, I distinctly remember liking the uh, the Appetite page because it mentioned Izzy and Steven by name. Okay, I just, I just read that twice. Uh, it was more than just a reservoir of GNR news and photos for me to see. It provided me with a sense of community and belonging that I had never experienced, not even in school as I was never part of any of the cliques. The Appetite page even made it to my journals as an abstract where it, it could seem me below because oh, he puts like actually a, a screen cap of his diary or journal, whatever uh, saying me calling it a great fan page. So he just wants to say I guess these aren't just words I'm typing right now. Look what I actually hand wrote one time about this GNR fan page that means so much to me. Anyway, he goes, uh, this person, I don't know if it's a he or she. Uh, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you, at Appetite for G-N-F-N-R. So if you want to follow them on Twitter and support them, uh, that's where you can you can find them. For all you've done for us and for all the good times, it is an end of an era. That page had over 100,000 likes, like well over. I think I might even be shortchanging it. So I, I saw the... Uh, The owner actually did contact me and and show me what they were sent by Facebook. And just like a bunch of copyright stuff. And this doesn't even make sense, though. It's not what we were talking about with YouTube videos. This was a very fan-friendly website and Guns N' Roses site where people would just ask fun questions. Your favorite member, your favorite solo, old pictures. Like, it was just, honestly, one of the most... Loose fan communities and just – there was no negativity surrounding it. Uh, it. Just kind of I, – I always mentioned um, uh, GNFNR and and fan spot. Nice community. Nothing – no jerks in there. Uh, good moderators. Good admins. Uh, and it was the same thing here. And this one had just, like I said, over 100,000 people following it. Why did it get shut down? Is it Zuckerberg? <laughs> I, I really – I really don't know and and let me find um because i I want to continue because you guys are out there, and you make me feel good a platform for for you guys uh if your pages or whatever get shut down, so you're you're welcome to to come on and and voice just like Franz did, just like Miss metal did and everything, so actually, oh, so here's the mod that that of that page that sends it uh, what Facebook said. Um, 114,000 likes actually and this is the number your page appetite for guns and roses page was deleted for violating our terms of service a Facebook page is a uh, presence solely for uh, commercial or promotional purposes pages that transmit hatred threats or that obscene among others are not allowed no shit. We also remove pages that attack an individual or group or are managed by an unauthorized individual. If your page was deleted for one of the reasons mentioned above, it will not be reopened. Continued misuse of Facebook features may result in a permanent loss of your account. So something, there was nothing about that page that was nasty. And while there's always a rogue fan that makes a nasty comment or post, That's not something enough to take down a page just like that. So I don't know if this is Facebook. I don't know much like our YouTube theory uh, that much like YouTube, now Facebook is getting help through a third party, meaning a troll, not liking something on another page and flagging something. And a lot of these companies like Facebook – And YouTube are just set up to get receive these flags and investigate it later. So maybe the story isn't over. I want to get to the bottom of it. I think you guys do too. So that's the only thank I don't I I say thankfully loosely because I feel bad, and I like the page myself. But thankfully, that was the only page shut down. Anyway, so that does it for episode eighty of Appetite for Distortion. Where is this show going to go? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. It's just a matter of three episodes, talking to the original guitarist of Warrant, talking to the owner of Alternative Nation, and then talking to the guitarist of Judas Priest. This is where the AFD show takes you, and all because of Guns N' Roses. Somehow, way. All right? So, I appreciate your support. Uh, Please follow on uh, the iHeartRadio app, on Spreaker, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. Uh, iTunes continues to be a jackass, but uh, I believe if you are still subscribed on there, uh, you should get new updates. We are working on a YouTube channel. And just support and share. I mean, if you find this more You guys are taking the time to listen. So I think you would know at least one friend that would enjoy this listen as well. So just tell one friend. Do that. you do that for me? I think so. Anyway, as far as the next episode of the AFD show for all of us to enjoy, when is that going to happen? In the words of Axl Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Yeah!
0: I'm going home.